1: two guys of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins Mackie and shot ja on score North and ScoreNorth.com. I'm not here to defend myself but I, I do want to put a little context on this okay. uh, to start the conversation I said it, it is one of my favorite places to play and oh, uh, you know wow. they, but as, that and then it went into and then it went into okay well I've heard you know that they said you know, I've heard that, you know, it's not the nicest stadium in the world. The locker room's not that nice. And they wanted me to elaborate on that, and I, you know, went into saying what I said and uh and end up getting killed for it. So um I will say that I, I love playing at Lambeau, you know, the tradition, the history Oh, okay. no, sure. Sure. Convenient. Dude. <laughs> no, dude. Don't walk it back. Yeah. Adam, Adam, don't walk it back. Don't be a coward. What he
2: said though. Here's what I loved. So how Packer fans, like there was, I saw debates on Twitter. Does Lambeau Field need to be replaced? Like, because he just said <laughs> it's not that great a place, which he's wrong, but he's right. I, I mean, the it's locker rooms. It's, it's,
1: it's fine. It's a good stadium. The
2: locker rooms for the visiting team is a piece of garbage. Like, it's too small. It's windy. It's not good. But I just love how Pack, Like the Packers got so defensive. They're fans, right? we don't need to replace it. That's why. He never said you need to replace it. Like like who takes a visiting player's word for it and like has a debate about now should we replace our stadium because a wide receiver on the Minnesota Vikings thinks it's a piece of crap.
1: Come on. I love it, man. Well, I mean, also he's playing in the, as Patrick Royce would call it, the Taj Ziggy right? I mean, the Viking Stadium, it's right there with the Dallas Stadium as just the most ridiculous palace in the United States of America. And so everything's going to look inferior to U.S. Bank Stadium uh, when you when you go to Lambeau Field. I just don't want him to feel pressure now. Don't, oh, it's hilarious. No, no one's going to cancel you. Packers fans have already canceled you. So Play what the you, heel. do you care about them? Play yeah. the heel, right? Play totally. it to the hill. It the makes game, perfect
2: Adam. sense. <laughs> and by the way, though. Carrying
1: his little sledgehammer
2: around. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, if you came to me for with tickets for a Packer or a Vikings home game, 100 out of 100 times, I'm taking the Packer tickets. L-
1: wait, Lambeau's
2: wait. great. I would go, would go to Lambeau, wait, go to Lambeau wait, wait, above wait, the Taj Mazegi every time. It's wait what Do you to think Lambo's a no it's, it's a shrine experience. to football it's I love the, it I love Lambeau experience. field I love it I will go to Lambeau field a hundred out of 100 times above this place here which is nice okay. but it,
1: it is a shrine to me. football it mm-hmm. has been around for a lot longer there's obviously more history but mm-hmm. just in terms of like watching football in a luxurious amazing temperature controlled environment don't need the okay, temperature Ronnie. control there's Okay, Listen, it's I football, am US Bank Stadium for me—not a hundred out of a hundred, but like eighty out of hundred times. I'll go twenty. I'll go. I'll go to Lambo twenty times. Yeah, m- mostly so I can just go get bombed at all those neighborhood bars that are a block and a half well, it's from changed the field. A little bit there, though. Far more no, corporate. It has, it's far well, more it's corporate more, now, right? But there's it's still a couple little. There's a couple hole in the wall oh, places yeah, that yeah. you know get a greasy sandwich at, and I and I'll I'll respect that. I'll respect that you pay like thirty five bucks to park in someone's grass lawn and you walk over to the football stadium. That's all great, but U.S. Bank Stadium is a, is a more comfortable, luxurious, modern place comfort. to watch football. a football game.
2: I want Oh, yeah, I, I oh, yeah. Want you football. don't want comfort. I want meat and <laughs> potatoes football. I'll take oh, You want to be MLP on your up. couch. You want well, 70 yeah, degrees football, inside. Look, <laughs> the truth is... That's the one sport where if I didn't ha- have to go, I wouldn't go. It's, it's way better on your couch. It's, it's a terrible well, sport. no sport that's better on your couch. But person. if I have to go to a game, I'm going to Lambeau Field well before
1: I go to U.S. Bank Stadium. <laughs> but only fair. in September. Only when it's 75 degrees. You know what? Once in a while, you got to no freeze wind. your
2: ass off You'll yes. know what that experience is like.
3: And I've never done it. I'd like to do that. Oh, yeah. I'd, it's I'd great. Like to go. I'd and like you to do get. have to get blitzed, but that's fine. That's fine. That's That part's yeah. easy. I can do that. Yeah,
1: you've got that down to a science. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, just a little warm, something warm and brown in the the thermos there. It would be good. Feeling, don't back off. You're you're right. Play the heel to the hill. Don't feel the pressure. I love that those guys called him on it. McAfee. That was McAfee and uh, A.J. Hawk, former noted Packer. They called him on, too. He's like, you know, I love, I love. No, dude. No, dude. No. All right. Glad we're starting with Vikings here. We will get to a, a latest update from Brian Windhorst. Our guy Doogie's been reporting on... Not the falling through of the A-Rod-Mark-Laurie purchase of the Wolves, but a couple little red flags. Yeah. A couple little red flags. A week ago Tuesday on um,
2: The Bonus Scoop, Doogie told us, I've been told to make phone calls that it's not going to get done in the allotted time. And And that is what has happened. Doesn't mean it won't get done, but yes, that's what's happened.
1: So we'll oh, get yes. to that, and we'll also get to Mackie and Judd play the odds as part of Talking Twins, but we have, boy, we've got something for you here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judd, it's actually rare that Judd Zulgad sends an email at like 6.30 in yeah. the morning, all jacked up, I and up, he's been up all night couldn't get back to mocking sleep. the Viking schedule. Judd has a mocked <laughs> yeah, do, Viking yeah. schedule that comes out tomorrow night. We'll see how how well he has predicted, and we will pick the schedule. So uh, and we'll do that. And just real quick before we do that, I, I've seen Alex Rodriguez. I follow him on Instagram, and he's always on the golf course, it seems like. Yep. So I think maybe A-Rod <laughs> might need to get off the golf course and hammer out this deal with Glenn Taylor. But who can blame the guy, if, especially <laughs> if he's playing PXG clubs? I mean, I'd want, listen, $1.5 billion purchase of a, of a dumpster fire franchise that's sort of showing life, or I could just be on the course with my PXG clubs, the new, uh, the new Gen 4 clubs, drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. You know, maybe next time he swings in, he can stop by PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center where he can find swag, spring, summer apparel, and the best clubs that PXG has ever made. Find out more, Arod, at pxg.com <laughs> slash Minneapolis. All right, Judd, You tell us how you want to do this here. This is your baby. This is your. You've mocked the schedule before. Eighteen weeks, seventeen games sitting right in front of me right now. <laughs> yeah, this
2: Prime is the first time, time we a dates. seventeen games, and schedule. I've got dates too. Like this goes, this goes the distance. This schedule goes the distance. Up early, grinding schedule. You know, most most of you people grind film. Well, I'm done with film. Mm-hmm. The draft's <laughs> over. I'm grinding mock schedules now.
1: We'll see. This is, this is uh, much like Todd McShay celebrated. Right. I think it was McShay, celebrated seven out of the first seven. Can Judd make a run at the beginning <laughs> of the schedule here? So, uh, all right, we'll, we'll fire up the music okay. for you, and you take us through a tour of how you see the schedule playing out, and then we'll pick the games along the way.
2: All right. <clears throat> and if, if you've got thoughts, certainly just stop me, and we can dissect from there.
1: So we're going to, just to be clear, you're going to throw a, a game, a date, and, and yep. like, TV information, and then we pick it. And then we go from there. Yeah, right? but I mean,
2: if you have thoughts okay. about it, like if you like it, if you don't like it, if you if you think that the schedule gets particularly difficult, just Throw yeah. up a throw up a flare, throw up a flare, and I'll stop, Absolutely. and we can break that part down. Absolutely. I mean, okay. this break is this is what you're break going to get tomorrow night from us, 7 p.m. Central, when we go on live the, on the Purple, Purple, Purple Daily. Daily
1: YouTube channel. Exactly right. right. Exactly. The right. world-renowned, famous yeah. Purple Daily YouTube yeah. channel. Week one. Week one, September
2: thirteenth. Boys, that's not the Thursday game, of course. That's not a Sunday. That's the twelfth. It's a Monday night game. Ooh, football. It's a Monday night game at, at US Bank Stadium. And by the way, starting this year, we are down to in week one, because of the bonus game, we are down to one Monday night game. So it's not gonna be it, it's not gonna be two games, it's gonna be one. Oh. The Dallas Cowboys at US Bank Stadium oh, on Monday night, dude, September thirteenth.
1: A blast. Jack
2: Prescott against Justin Jefferson. I'm retooled in. Vikings defense. USOVM in. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of star power
1: in this game, and it's on yep.
2: ESPN.
1: So Kirk gets a primetime swing right out of the gate. In fact, he took a primetime swing on Sunday night against Dallas. Was it two years ago? And he won. Dalman and he, he hit the ball of the park. So. Uh, I've got the Vikings off to a good start there. It's probably going to be a little bit of defense optional early while some of these new players get the hang of Mike Zimmer's scheme. I think the defense is going to settle in maybe in month two mm-hmm. of the season. But oftentimes offenses are out of sync, especially without off-season workouts. So that game could be a dumpster back. fire. Who knows? Yep. So, But either way, I'm going to say a Vikings victory.
3: I'm going That's- with the win, too. I think if it was in Dallas, different story. But I'm going with the win. I'm going with the win. It's Kirk on a Monday
1: night. It's Kirk
2: in prime time, but you know what? But you know he's what? Mister Monday it's night at, now. It's at home, hopefully full stadium. Yep, all filled with purple. Dak Prescott just back. Yeah, exactly. It's a Vikings win. One yeah. no.
1: People, you know, people feels are like still caught up with Kirk being over on Monday nights. Now that he's broken the seal, he is the Monday night <laughs> Messiah. Move over, Seth Rollins. Your Cousins is coming for your mantle.
3: It feels like a W. Burn it down, baby. Let's go. Eat
1: that win. Eat that
2: W. It's still the weirdest thing ever. All right. So after that exciting start, the Vikings go on the road for back-to-back games. September 19th, which is the following Sunday, in a, in a Fox low-key game, they play at the Bengals which is a break because Joe Burrow might not be back yet, right? Yeah, yeah that's a win. So Joe that's Burrow might not be back yet. So yes, so week two at the Bengals, Declan trap game. Two and zero, they lose. Trap, what? game. They lose. I love where you are coming trap from. Game, I lose. love. I am so proud of you right trap now, game, Sports Son. I am so proud oh, of you. They're coming week?
3: off. They're coming off the high of a big Monday Night Football win at home. That's a trap game. I don't know. I don't know who the hell the backup is in Cincinnati, but I am going to go if they lose. That, that that has the recipe for a loss.
1: That's oh, a win. Week two
2: trap. They're game. They're two right? and zero. Two and zero. Okay. I think they, they win. All right. But now it sets up for the back-to-back on the road, September 26th, the following Sunday at Lambeau Field. Oof. Adam Thielen's favorite stadium. They play, they play in Green Bay, it seems like, a lot of times, not last year, early. So I'm going week three at Green Bay Sunday
1: game. Yep, this should be, this will be, I think this will be a tougher game than the Vikings anticipate facing Jordan Love and just his third professional start. You think <laughs> on paper with Jordan Love starting this game that it's going to be a walkthrough, uh, but but he'll hold his own and the Vikings will win a close game that they feel like should have been a blowout against Jordan Love. Declan Goff.
3: Yeah, if they're playing Jordan Love, they win. If it's a Rodgers game they're going to, they're going to get they're, their
1: butts they're playing Jordan Love, But they're playing game.
3: Jordan Love, so it's a win. They're playing Jordan Love, it's a win.
2: They're two and zero. They lose this game. They lose Love. this game to whomever they play from the Packers. 3-0 and oh. is really tough, but I think they do beat the Bengals in week two, so I'm going to give them an L in week three. Wow. Okay. Week four, they return home. First game of October, October the 3rd. I told you I got dates. That's a Sunday. The Seattle Seahawks finally come to <laughs> Minnesota uh, to play at U.S. Bank Stadium. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, not far from where I sit here, Phil.
1: Yeah, this is always the Seahawks are always good early too, and they were explosive offensively the first half of the year, and then they got all gun shy after like one bad game, and they and then Pete Carroll was like, "Oh, we got to hand the ball off," we got, and then Russell Wilson got mad and almost demanded a trade, etc. I think, the, I think the Seahawks are going to learn from everything that happened this offseason, and they're going to go back to letting Russ cook. Mm-hmm. DK Metcalf is emerging into the one, one of the best wide receivers. This is going to be a great game that the Vikings lose in the end in a Russell Wilson, probably another Russell Wilson drive. Uh, but it won't be it won't be like a red flag game where you get waxed. It'll just be a really good hard fought game, and it results in a loss. Sure,
3: yeah, uh, I, I would say a loss you. I think this is a tough one. Wow, I I Dex, yeah, I'm two you and got two. got them right off now. the rails. I'm two and two. They're not off the. Oh, rails. Oh, yeah, you're two, two, two and two. Okay, two I thought you had them one and three. three. Yeah.
1: So we're we're two are two. they firing Zimmer now, or do they wait till Tuesday? Jeez, I'm
3: yeah, no, Kirk's benched. Started two and two in 2017. They're two and two.
2: Kellen Mond starting week five. Okay, um, the Vikings have lost of late a lot against the Seahawks in Seattle, where Phil sits right now. But they don't get waxed, to Phil's point. It's close. So guess what? You get him here. Full stadium. Skull chant going. This time the Vikings don't lose. They improved to 3-1. Wow. Okay. Here for it. All right. Week... Here for it. Week five, it gets difficult. I'm I'm not going to lie here, because you have to go to an AFC opponent and visit the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens and Vikings, Lamar Jackson, well-coached team, always a tough opponent in Baltimore.
1: This is where it gets tough here, and I think this is where more pressure from your defensive line without having to send blitzers is going to be your friend. Um, But... I just don't know that the Vikings are going to generate enough to fluster Lamar Jackson at this point. So I'm going to say it's a loss. I think Lamar Jackson's going to dance around and have his way a little bit. This is a tough game.
3: Yeah, I feel like too, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I feel like Zimmer has a tough time with like mobile quarterbacks, and I think I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a tough t- I think Zimmer's going to have his hands full with Lamar Jackson. I think he also bounces back this year. He's got Bateman, so I, I, think, I think they lose in Baltimore.
1: One of Zimmer's signature games as a defensive coach, was uh, the Cam Newton, I think Cam Newton came to maybe U.S. Bank Stadium even, or um, TCF Bank Stadium, or might have been early in the U.S. Bank Stadium, but they sacked him like eight times, and he threw interceptions. Um, So, I mean, can you replicate, and that was before Cam's injuries, can you replicate that game plan? I guess we'll see. The Vikings lose this game, but the league does them a big favor because the next
2: week they return home. It's week six. It's October 17th. It's a noon kickoff that's going to 8% of the country. Because it's the Detroit Lions.
1: Dan Campbell doesn't just like football. (laughs) Dan Campbell loves football. (laughs) Kneecaps. You know the clip. Yeah, he Uh, goes. That's a win. Yep.
3: That's just a win. Yep. Yep. Jared Goff, I'm sorry. Straight up. Yeah, that's a win.
2: All right. So you you go from the easy, small um, TV audience game to week seven where it gets real, at least for the Vikings. They travel to Soldier Field on, to play the Bears on October 24th in prime time. It's Sunday Night Football. It's the slide wow. in his back with Collinsworth and Michaels.
1: NBC, love it. Is this the second nationally televised game here to this point? Yes. Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah, and I've got more to come because Justin Jefferson provides the excitement.
1: Sunday, yeah, you know this is not so. This is at Soldier Field. It's never an easy game for the Vikings, but I, th- I think I think the Bears are going to be winding down the Andy Dalton era here, and maybe even into the Justin Fields era. And either way, if it's winding down of Andy Dalton, or if it's Justin Fields on like his third start, mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer has his way defensively in this game, and I think Kirk Cousins steps up enough, and the Vikings win this game. This is this is might be a Justin Jefferson breakout game here. I mean he's already had like five of them, but like another Justin Jefferson breakout game here. Vikings win.
3: I think they win too. They lost Soldier Field last year. I don't I don't think Mike Zimmer's gonna have his hands full with a rookie court. I think he's gonna be able to fluster a rookie QB. I think the Bears are better than they were a little bit last year, but I I, I think they get a win in Soldier Field. They get the win.
2: Kirk won in week one against Dallas at home in primetime. He's not gonna win here. They, okay. They lose. It's okay. a close game. They lose. All right. So, October 31st, to finish out the month, they come home. It's scary stuff. When you get the Cleveland Browns, at Baker-Mayfield, Kevin Stefanski returns. The Cleveland Browns, a serious team now, is the next opponent at U.S. Bank Stadium
1: Sunday, October 31st. Boy, that's uh, that's a tough one. I am not a Baker believer. I just think that dude's kind of along for the ride. I don't think he's a great leader. I think he's, he's. I mean, that roster is so good. And Stefanski's going to want to get that win, just coming back facing all of his old friends. This kind of feels like, especially after a big win against the Bears, this kind of feels like a game that they should win at home, but that they don't. I'm going to go lost. loss. Mm.
3: I, I think they win. If it's on the road, it's a loss. But I think at, at home, they're going to be okay. So I think it'll be close. It'll be a very entertaining game. There's a lot of storylines. So There's fancy coming back. I agree with you on your take on Baker, but I think it's a win. It's a win. So I, I've got the
2: Vikings after my supposed loss in Chicago on my on my fake schedule here at 4-3. and three. So this is where the season is in. A, a, it's basically a fork in the road, and it can go either way. And the Minnesota Vikings in 2020, they would have collapsed, but not the 21 Vikings. They beat the Browns at home to improve to 5-3. and three. All right. Week 9. November 7th at the Carolina
1: Panthers. Yeah, this is to me so the way I have this going, the Vikings lose to the Browns and then they lost a couple games before the Chicago and Detroit games like so that they're, they're kind of rickety here. Um and this is a get right. This is a classic like Kirk Cousins throws for 350 and three touchdowns. This is uh this is fourth quarter Pharaoh coming to life here. Kirk Cousins again against a bad team. Yeah. Vikings win.
3: I, I don't see any reason they lose this game.
2: Because Matt Rule will, I guarantee you, screw up the clock. <laughs> this is this guy is among the worst with the clock I have seen. Matt Rule opens the door for Phil's guy, Cousins, to lead a drive, and they actually do win. So I've got him now at 6-3, and three. and then week 10, Eureka. It's a bye week, boys. They get oh, to nice. rest.
1: Okay. They feel feeling go about themselves. That's a pretty Big good, that's a, great that's a great centralized buy. buy yep. you know, a little bit a skewed toward the back end of the schedule. I like it. Okay, And now,
2: and now because I am the National Football League's brain, and I am thinking through how do you do this schedule right, do you know what I do? Primetime Game 3 is next. But, but Week 11, it's on a Thursday night coming off a of bye. So you get the nice little buy there, but it's not as long as the next Sunday. So you have them play on a Thursday night, but it's not off a Sunday game at 49ers.
1: All right. I think the 49ers are ripe for a bounce back this season. Some of it's going to depend on what happens with their quarterback situation, but that's a really good roster getting healthy. I'm going to say that's a loss for the Vikings.
3: That's a loss. I I don't see any... They're coming off the high. They're thinking they're great coming from the bye week. It's a loss for San Francisco.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree.
2: Next game, week 12. I continue with my fourth and final primetime game. And again, it makes sense. Thursday to Monday night, the Packers. Mm-hmm. The Packers come here to play on a Monday night, which would be. Wait, so
1: you get the you get like an 11-day gap here. Yep, which would be November wow.
2: the 29th. So basically, it's two byes. I am. I'm good here. Um, the Green Bay Packers. Monday night game, US Bank Stadium.
1: Yeah, uh it's a win, especially against Jordan Love. And the NFL might want to be flexing some of these games that they thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be playing in primetime. Might be right. When the Packers are like 3 games below 500 here and the Vikings walk all over them in a get right game. Yeah. Yeah,
3: so that's an easy win. Agreed.
1: That's
3: a win. I don't think it's easy. It's a, it's it's a easy Packers. Nothing's not sure easy in the national I'm not sure it's easy. Either.
2: I think easy is, too, is going too far, but I do agree. That's a win. All right, we're into December now. And keep in mind, there's one, two, three, four. There's six games left because we have a new 17-game, 18-week schedule. Week 13, travel to play Kyler Murray, a wide receiver core that's become good, and an Arizona Cardinals team that I like on December the 5th. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is this being played
3: again?
1: Is it at Arizona? No, nope, it's at Arizona? in the desert at Arizona. Oh man, it's um, this is a tough one. I think this is going to be a, a very much improved team. This is a tough one. I'm going to say they lose this game. Time zones in play here. a so, yeah, it's their fifth loss.
3: Dex, yeah, it's a loss. Uh, I think I think they're they're Kyler Murray is going to run all over them. That's on the road. That's you have, no faith, you have no faith in Zim decks. You have no faith in Zim. The defense is
2: retooled.
3: They're retooled, but they're not elite. They're they're just they're gonna get exposed to Welcome. You're All right.
2: right. Week fourteen. The Vikings come home December twelfth to face on a Sunday afternoon. Probably a noon kickoff, but it could be a three. Because it, it's a it's a marquee opponent television wise, the Pittsburgh Steelers at US Bank Stadium. Ooh.
1: Yeah, the Steelers feel a little bit train wrecky to me. I, but even like a Steelers train wreck is like six and ten because they're just a stable franchise with a good coach. Right. But the later in the year that you get Big Ben or his backup, the better. So this is a win for the Vikings.
3: Declan. That's a win. I, the Steelers are coming down to earth. I was I was still on that Steelers bandwagon last year, even though people were calling them flawed. I still thought they were a pretty good team, and then they got absolutely waxed by the Cleveland Browns in the wildcard weekend. And I think it's time uh, Pittsburgh is going to transition year. I don't think they're a dumpster fire. Like Phil said, they're usually still pretty dang good even when they have bad years, but that's a win at home. I'll give them a win.
2: Agreed. It, it's tough because this, this team is good. I, I mean, Pittsburgh gives you problems, but yeah. I'll give them a win as well. All right, week fifteen at the Lions, December nineteenth. Phil,
3: Mackie. win. Yeah. That's it's a, a win. win. Yep. Win. I yep. Goff. My God. No.
2: Yep. All right. <laughs> week sixteenth, only three games left. Back to back home games at US Bank Stadium.
1: This the- is the tough part of the schedule here, by the way. I mean, mm-hmm. this is where it's uh mm-hmm. you got the extra game, you know, it's now you're playing into January at some point. That the season's long at this point in time. It's really long. It is mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Rams
2: the day after Christmas, Sunday, December twenty-six at Ooh. US Bank Stadium. That's a tough one.
1: Yep, I think the Rams yes. I, they're they're definitely hyped. I think if they're healthy, they are for real. And so I'm going to say that uh, the Vikings lose this game. I agree, loss.
3: Yeah, I think I think Stafford is the best as a, a, a significant upgrade for the Rams, and I think the Rams are coming back this year in the in, in the NFC. So I think it's a loss yeah. at home as well.
2: Week seventeen. January the second, that is a Sunday game against the Chicago Bears at U.S. Bank Stadium. Bears,
1: yeah, I don't know. I just the Bears. Uh, I'm not feeling. Them. I guess I have the Vikings sweeping the. No, I got. I have to have a. I have them sweeping the division so far. So this has to be a loss. I can't, I'm, they're not. They're not going to sweep the division. So okay. some logic prevails here for me. They're going to mm-hmm. lose that
0: game
3: too. Dex, I have that as a win. Yeah, I think it's a win. It, it could be. It could be a close, real. Fun game because I'm guessing playoff implications are probably on the line for the Vikings at this point. I have met nine and six going into that game. So if they win, they're 10 and six, and they're probably sitting pretty in the playoff field. So I'll, I'll say a win, though. I'll say a win.
2: Win, yep. And then week 18, this is actually the one game that we know already because it's been scheduled out. The Los Angeles Chargers in LA on January the
1: 9th, which is the final Sunday of the season. All right, with the season, so I've got them nine and seven right now going into this game. So season on the line, division might be on the line here. And this is where we're going to need the Dagger Doctor. We're going to need Kirkie McClutcherton to show up Mond? in a big way. Is Monday going play this game? Final week of the year. The secondary Slayer gets it done to send the Vikings into the first round of the playoffs. Or Phil melts down. Declan?
3: Yeah, I actually say this is a loss. Because I think at uh, this point, they're 10-6. Yeah. and six. They're probably not playing for a bye. Like, yeah, they, they could still be in play for maybe a home playoff game in the wild card round. Uh, but I think they kind of take this game off, and I I, I think it's wow. a loss. Good so quarterback as
2: well. Yeah, for the and Chargers.
3: 7. Yeah, ten and
2: seven. Loss. Ten wins. Wow, we'll seven guys. defeats. Which, by the way, is just really. We, Do we all? Say. We all have them ten and I've seven. I've got them ten, and seven. Them ten seven. And seven. We all had them ten, we seven. Got them 10, ten seven, and seven, seven. Wow. in very different ways. But yes, we have them at ten wins and seven defeats. And that gentlemen, is your full 2021 made up by Judd Viking schedule with dates with um, prime time games
1: included. Amazing. We'll do the actual schedule when it comes out. Oh, no, let's
2: not. No. Tomorrow
1: night. Let's Should not we just, now. Let's I just use we, judge you for you the whole mine.
2: season. Mine's really good. <laughs> it's got good splits for the home and the road, right?
1: Amazing. Things aren't too uh, long. Goodbye week. That schedule, by the way, is presented by our friends at Federated. Federated Mutual Insurance is giving business owners peace of mind, risk management tools. They've been around for over 100 years in Owatonna, Minnesota. Um, so find out more about how, how my MyShield, which is the newest resource Federated launched, how they can help your business, the online client destination for risk management resources. I've had a chance to get to know the people at Federated for a number of years, smart, caring people, sports fans, masochistic sports fans like us. So check them out, FederatedInsurance.com. Remember, Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right. I am, I am looking for, I think, schedule release. It's such a genius concept. Oh, I know. It's, All right, everyone. Primetime special. We're not just going to like put the schedule out at noon. like Primetime release. Get everyone in front of NFL Network and ESPN and the Purple Daily YouTube channel, by the way, and, uh, and let's do it. So we'll have tons of thoughts the rest of the week once that thing comes out on Wednesday. The Meadows at Mystic Lake
0: has modified its golf policies to follow the COVID-19 public health recommendations
1: and welcomes you to play this award-winning public golf course. It offers a unique, challenging, and scenic golf experience. The Meadows at Mystic Lake is a full-service golfing destination, enhanced by nearby food and entertainment, including the Meadows Bar and Grill and Mystic Lake Casino Hotel. It's never too early to book a tee time or shop the pro shop. Stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com owned and operated by Shakopee Sioux Community.
2: It's incredible too because we know the opponents. Like we know who they're going All we're getting is dates yes. and the times order. and I love <laughs> and, it. And is it a I'm prime time you.
1: game? Yeah. You know, do you have three straight home games for any stretches etc., right? Yeah, <laughs> but it,
2: it's just it, it's so smart because we still flock to it. We're like, "Okay, oh man, it, that's week eight, not week two. Yeah. So it's tougher or something like that. So, yeah, no, it, yeah. It's, it's one of the smartest marketing things for a league that does a ton of smart marketing things.
1: Yeah. So, all right, boys, um, this story came across and, and credit to our, our buddy, Darren Doogie Wilson from the Scoop podcast, regular guest on this show. He's been reporting on the potential sale of the Timberwolves, and he raised a flag last week and, and in on this very show. And he said, hey, the 30-day window has passed. Uh, let to see if there's any hangups here. Um, and so he's been doing his reporting. Brian Windhorst, ESPN.com. Sources, Alex Rodriguez Group, hasn't closed a Minnesota Timberwolves deal. Tech entrepreneur Mark Laurie and former star, baseball star Alex Rodriguez's 30-day exclusive negotiating window to purchase the Wolves from Glenn Taylor has ended without a deal. Both sides are continuing to negotiate in good faith. In an attempt to reach an agreement, and it's possible an extension to the window could be worked out, but one isn't currently in place. And then it goes through how Taylor announced on on April 10th he intended to sell the team to Laurie and, and A-Rod for $1.5 billion, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they met with Wolves personnel and toured the facilities. Taylor has entered into exclusive negotiating windows with prospective owners over the past decade multiple times, including last year with Daniel Strauss, but those talks... Have all ultimately broke down. Now, Johnny Krasinski from the Athletic says, "A reminder: the 30-day negotiating window was not a deadline to get a deal done. If both parties are negotiating in good faith, which they are, a deal can be consummated." I have a couple thoughts on this. Number one, Alex Rodriguez never does anything in good faith, so <laughs> I would I would be a little concerned about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Laurie is a shark, so I would I would I don't know if I'd be concerned, but it's certainly noteworthy that that dude is like a really smart tech entrepreneur shark. And number three, Glenn Taylor is one of the worst owners in American professional sports recent history. He deserves zero benefit of the doubt, and everything he touches over the last 25 years eventually turns into a dumpster fire. So pardon me if I read this article from Wendy and hear the reporting from Doogie, and I don't side with the everything's going to be okay (laughs) crowd. Glenn, Sell the team. I get it's a $1.5 billion purchase. It takes time. There's details to work out. But I just want to say I don't think he deserves the benefit of the (laughs) doubt based on history that everything is going to be fine. Raising a red flag is only natural at this point.
2: Let's go down some really fun paths. Reckless speculation. Okay, because we've talked about this, and we broached this at the time, and to me, it makes perfect sense. All right. So supposedly, if we are to believe, and I, I think there's no reason why we shouldn't, the details of this supposed transaction or the talks, right? They took place in Florida at the Taylor's home. Glenn's wife, Becky, made some lasagna and some pie and brought them to A-Rod. A- L- I mean, it was
1: 1954. It was like can old we, school. Can we confirm? that she actually make lasagna for them? Is, I th- think they th- love lasagna. I
2: think the Taylors always love it. Don't you remember the lasagna <laughs> dinner for the players? Tim skipped it. He got fired for that. Um, can't skip that, man. You can't, can't. No. Skip that. No. You are gone. So anyway, but at the time we talked about one. This sounds like really quick to just get. And and I mean, Glenn got on the phone right with everybody after that. He's like, yeah, the deal. Uh, yeah, it's all it's all set. And I'm gonna still be involved basically run the team for two years. Forgive me if my reckless speculation radar goes up just a little bit to say a couple of things. All right. One is Arod and Laurie probably said, wink, wink. Oh, of course, Glenn two years. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can, you can help out for two. Years. You can run the team still. Yeah. Wink, wink. The second thing is Glenn told them you can't move the team. You can't, you just can't, you're not going anywhere. Do you really think that those two looked at Glenn and were like, "Oh, dude, oh yeah, yeah, no, that's true." They both went, "Yeah, oh, okay, Glenn, cool." Then my guess is, Phil, they went to the league and said, "We're moving the team probably within like 3 years or 2 years." And the league might have said, "Oh, hold on a second, you can't." Like, like we're going to make that work. And then they said they called Glenn and like, "Hey, Glenn, what's up?" Uh, "Yeah, no, we love uh we love it, but we've got some problems here." So my point is when you tell me that you enter into the twilight zone of negotiating a deal and go back to the fifties where you sit at a kitchen table of a, I mean, these billionaires are sitting at a kitchen table. Well, uh, oh, this is a delicious pie. Let me sign this document, okay? That's not how business works in 2021. So forgive me if I'm suspicious that an episode of of Mr. Ed or or Father Knows Best didn't serve as the conduit. So I could see how those two guys told Glenn everything that Glenn wanted to hear at that time and then checked with lawyers and the league and now there might be some
1: real life adult problems. Here's another dose of reality too because I've I've been racking my brain trying to figure out why is there not more of an overwhelming push to get Glenn to sell this team among fans and media? I mean, he is uh, this is not hyperbole. Once you take away the creepers like that dude who used to own the Clippers, that Donald Sterling guy who was like yep. racist, like there's a there's a certain Small, evil group of owners. When you just get into the incompetence, he is on the Mount Rushmore of incompetent professional sports owners over the last 25 years. The laundry list we've read a million times on this show. Everything's a disaster for the most part. He is alienated. uh, And it's not, you know, KG can be surly and can be cantankerous, but, like, you can't let that relationship go the way that it has, right? There's, There's a full list. But then I thought, of course, there's not a push to get him out of here because he has let things get so bad over the course of the last 15 years, not enough people care anymore to push to get him out. If you want this team to stay in Minnesota and, and, and just sort of bumble along like it has been for the majority of the last 15 years, and yeah, there's some good things in place right now, but there's been good things in place before, and because Glenn Taylor has basically zero vision and curiosity for how to maintain something good, it almost always falls by the wayside. He offends somebody, or, or he makes a bad hire, or something happens, right? And if you're fine with just bumbling along, then okay, cool. Then like root for this thing to fall through. If you want there to be a sliver of hope at all that the Wolves become a powerhouse in the NBA, sort of like they were for a minute in the height of the KG era, right? He has to sell this team. He, It's not going to happen with him as the owner. Even if you think, well, what do you mean? Things are pretty good right now, right? They've won some games, and Anthony Edwards looks pretty good. Like He always finds a way to screw it up or to ruin the culture through just sheer incompetence. And so even if you don't fully believe in Alex Rodriguez or Mark Laurie and specifically Alex Rodriguez, those two guys, I think, give you a better hope and chance, even if there's a chance they might move it at some point. You have to take that risk. To get out from underneath the Glenn Taylor ownership, if you really want to be a shark in the NBA waters, and so from that standpoint, I just want him to sell it, just sell it, yeah, like just get it done. But we're but was. the problem
2: is the problem is in this town, especially, we sometimes value comfort above results, and yes. so we're like, well, he's not going to move. Like, I mean, what do we always come back to with Glenn? And it's it's correct, but it's become flawed, which is he saved the team. And it's still here, right? And and because and as long as he owns this team or runs it, it's still here. But like I told Dex two months back, now that no longer will do. Like this thing has train wrecked so badly, so many times. I'm willing to risk it. Like I would rather take the risk that people come in, buy this team, make changes, and move it than. Oh, we still got the Wolves, and nobody goes, and nobody, for the most part, cares, and yeah, and I'm just, but the failure of this deal to close so far is such a, it's such a poster child for the whole Taylor era now, because as I said, Phil, he jumped on the phone to talk about this. Yeah, we're real excited about this, and guess what? It was premature, way premature. You can't, like, think about the details that we know about the conversation. Mm -hmm. When's the last time, honest to God, when's the last time that you heard of a billion-dollar deal closing because somebody shows up at somebody's Florida house for a couple of days or a day and is like, yeah, we'd love to buy this team. And Glenn's like, just don't move them, and I'd like to be involved for two more years. And, And last thing, too, didn't it set off immediate red flags for all of us? when there was language that Glenn was going to own the team still for two years, like who buys a team? is like, yeah, but for two years, we don't have to worry about the team. What?
1: No, you want to buy it and go, you want to implement your, like, and and those guys don't need two years sitting behind Glenn Taylor to learn the ropes. Like I know that it's professional sports is different than, than Walmart and Amazon and the startups that Mark Laurie built to become a billionaire. But like, Alex Rodriguez, I think, has a pretty good idea of how a professional sports organization should be run. And if they're going to get consultation from anyone in the world, how should we maximize the potential of this professional sports organization? Do you think they're going to spend it two years learning from Glenn Taylor? No. So the the whole thing just reeks of Glenn being Glenn, but he's got all the power because ultimately, if he doesn't want to sell the team, nobody can make him. So the pressure has to come from fans and media and media on behalf of fans if that's what fans believe but it's just like how many fans even have the energy (laughs) to push so i know you guys are going to dive more into this with doogie because he's doing his own original reporting on this on the bonus scoop episode today so check that out wait for that to drop on the Mackie and judd podcast feed and also on the score north youtube channel but uh from good news to well bad news to bad news they didn't play for two days are you kidding that's the good news (laughs) Days off That's great. <laughs> you can't lose when you're not playing. Talking Twins on Mackie and Judd is presented by Dennis Kirk. So if you like to ride, hey, it's going to be in the 60s all week, touching 70 in the Twin Cities. So riding season is here. And if you just like to get outside and enjoy the weather, Uh, whether it's a Harley, a sport bike, whatever. You'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. Order by 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over $89. They truly are the best in the business. DennisKirk.com, DennisKirk.com. We're going to sort of conjoin two segments here. Mackie and Judd play the odds on the Minnesota Twins, all right? So this has been a disaster. They had a chance to do some damage against Detroit. They split the two games and got rained out. So really, like they went in and and had a chance against the the only team with a worse record than them, and they really didn't move the needle at all. And so now the schedule gets tough. It's a lot of good teams that are projected to be in the playoff hunt, and you're without Byron Buxton. So all of that, what would you say the playoff odds are, the percentage according to Fangraphs.com for the Twins are? Hmm. What I, should they be, and what are they? I, guess, I, I would two bet
3: right now the playoff odds to get them, like percentage wise. I bet it's fifteen percent. What do you think, Judd? Fifteen, and I bet it's lower. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it's
1: lower than that. I bet yeah. it's. Uh, I bet it's eight percent. It's actually still twenty-two percent. Oh wow! According to Fangraphs.com. it's fangraphs. com. That's interesting. So you know the Twins are twelve and twenty, but they had the Twins before the season as one of the best rosters in the American League. So they still have the Twins projected to win 82 games, so to claw their way back and finish above 500, 22% chance to make the playoffs, 14% chance to win the division, 2% chance to win the World Series still, which is very interesting. But I think what I worry about here is that they're not taking into account the effect of the Alex Kirloff and Byron Buxton injuries. I mean, those were probably your two most exciting dynamic players. I mean, Kirilov was four home runs in a week, and he was hitting the – he had, like, one of the highest barrel percentages of any player in baseball when he went down. So if those guys were on the field, I would still feel much more optimistic about clawing out of this hole. But the longer you're in the hole and the longer you're without Buxton and Kirilov and Jake Cave is playing every day, Mm -hmm. I don't see how the math – adds up. And the bullpen? Yeah. And the bullpen is just a
2: complete dumpster fire. Yeah, yeah, I think that um boy. That that just seems really high for a team that now is as obviously flawed as the 2021 Twins are.
3: I think too obviously the the Centrals kind of a dumpster fire right now. Like it's not or it's not a juggernaut, I should say. So maybe that's playing into a factor of it, but I mean those are pretty pretty optimistic. Guys pretty optimistic. I mean,
1: good Here's for them. <laughs> yeah. A- Action Network, right? Actionnetwork.com. So they've got odds on winning the World Series here too. And so the, the uh let's see, the they've got consensus odds taking a ton of different sports books. So FanDuel, MGM, William Hill, Unibet, you name it. They just pull all these sports books together and have a consensus odds for each team. So the Dodgers are 3 to 1. The Yankees are seven to one. Padres are eight and a half to one. They got the Minnesota Twins still at twenty six and a half to one. Some books have them forty to one. Others have them twenty to one. So you're saying like if you play the rest of this season out, the twins would win the World Series, according to this, about mm-hmm. one in every twenty six times. Does that seem high or low to you? Seems high to me. Right now. Yes. Extremely high. Yes. Extremely high.
2: Yeah, I don't think this team has a this team is currently constructed right now, with Buxton back, it increases a bit, but with that bullpen, no, no, I don't. But think does they it a world. does
1: it give you pause that 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 these math and analytics based, and in the case of some of these sports books, like you've got math analytics and the human sort of yeah. touch to all these odds, right? Yep. And these services are saying, yeah, it's definitely not as good of odds as it was when the season started, when all these places thought the Twins were like one of the five best teams in baseball, but hey, everyone's overreacting a little bit. It's not as bad as people think. There's still a 20%, 25% chance they can make the playoffs. And that gives me a little pause like, okay, all right. So smart, objective entities are are saying, listen, just let this play out through May and June and see what happens. But then my brain goes to, I don't know, I haven't seen Miguel Sano as a competent hitter in two years. Byron Buxton's our best player. Right. He's out for weeks according to the Twins. Right. Alex Kirloff out like Jake Cave is a below-replacement-level player the bullpen doesn't think have the your same eyes guys. Tyler fell. Duffy's not the same guy. I,
2: I don't think I don't think in this case your eyes are lying to you. I, I think that's the most important thing. I think in this case, when you look at this team right now, incredibly flawed, um, guys who, who we expected certainly to be doing more aren't, and I have some serious questions about, like, like we know Snow is going to get hot for two weeks, okay? But do we know that Kepler is going to bounce back much here? Like he he can, he's hit for power a little bit more of late, but is that going to be sustained? And is he going to get hot or just hit, you know, 15 bombs? Polanco has bounced back as well, but is that is that going to be, again, sustained? I I think this is one case where you're starting to see enough games where it's very hard to take the the math equation of things and be like, oh, but they're going to come back to this. I don't yeah. know about that.
1: I want to see Trevor Larnick. You know, I I think there's there's to me there's two or three things that you can still cling to if you're if you're looking to find reasons why this team could turn it around. Right. The first thing is that Colome is not going to be this bad. The bullpen just naturally is going to get a little bit better, and maybe Alcala has put in some better situations. Right. Uh, But the other two things are you need you need the core group of guys in their prime. Max Kepler, Jorge Polanco, Miguel Sano to carry this thing. Yes. Like they did a couple of years ago. Like they need to carry this thing. Yes. But, but the third bin, and and you saw this with Kirloff, it's guys that weren't really like part of the core going into the season that take the torch and run with it. Yes. And Kirloff did. And then, boom, he hurts his hand or his wrist, right? Probably needs surgery. Mm-hmm. Trevor Larnick has also been a great – he's a first-round pick. He hasn't been quite as highly touted, but he's regularly been a top 100 Baseball, pros, uh, baseball America prospect, corner outfield, maybe some first base, and he's up now. So – if if he can sort of do what Kirilov did, it get, okay. There's a jolt in the lineup that maybe didn't exist before. So I not to put too much pressure on Larnick, but like well, they're going to need someone like him to be awesome. And this is and, and
2: this on. and this is why I, I think starting tonight, starting tonight, um, and especially once Kirilov gets back, I don't need to see Jay Cave. I need to see two things: prospects who they they have. Called up, who should be prepared to pop? Like, let's quit with this. Dial down the pressure. Dial down the. Pr- okay, your team's not good, so it's perfect time to play those kids, and then the Keplers and Polanco's. Because I because this to me is it. Like, we need to see can they go now? Because if they continue to scuffle and struggle, I'm going to go into 2022 saying I can't really count on you. So if I can trade you, I probably will. So what I want to see starting now is I do not want to see, oh, let's play Ostadia again to try and milk a, milk a couple good at-bats and get a win, or let's play J. Cave. You, you know what? His stats are good. I don't want to see a consistent diet of Kyle Garlick. Like, I want to see Larnick I want to see Kirlov Buxton. Put Kepler in center until then because I'd rather see the younger players and the players that I need to know about. Because here's the problem. I know J. Cave. He's a utility guy, and I think he can probably be one on a good team. But he's not a guy that I need to force into um, yeah. or onto the field every single bleeping day.
1: He, he should play. Tw- he should play twice a week Fine, and, yeah. and pinch run laden game. Right. That's what he should be.
2: But I mean, this this to me now is the time to to make decisions on a group of guys, and then to give the kids a chance. And the last thing is again, quit trying to dial down pressure. Alcala can't come in cuz uh because no he can come in. Alcala can pitch, okay? Let him pitch. He's like 26. Um yeah. you, so let's stop It is weird the guys that they will with dial the
1: gloves. They'll dial down pressure for Alcala, but then they'll put what's his name? I can't remember the guy that we ranted about Brandon Waddell or whatever the guy's name was yeah like, you guys. that but that guy can be put into pressure like why yeah exactly <laughs> right and then and, well, but Al- yeah. Alcala struggles against lefties Waddell struggles against everybody uh, yeah. so and he just got claimed I think by Baltimore, okay, so he wasn't good well, it means that, uh yeah, it means that the team thought he was good enough to claim he's an Maybe arm we for wrong. their
2: he's an arm for their triple a
1: roster I think is we're which, just which where he belongs we're All right, well, <clears throat> that was therapeutic. A lot of good therapy and uh, a Viking schedule that Judd, I think, has probably nailed from week 1 to 18. So I think love it's to very watch solid. It unfold on Wednesday night on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Write that down, predictions, tomorrow on Mackie and Judd and an accountability session. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you guys. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquacide. One easy application of Aquacide
2: pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Yeah. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com.